Today on the 1012 Podcast, Jamie and Andy are back. We're going to talk about Big 12 sleepers, non-Texas teams who can win the Big 12, Calford, which we're done with. We're, we're done with it. We're done with it. And a whole lot more as we prepare to officially kick off the Big 12 2023 college football season this week. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. That is never going to feel natural. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network. You can find every show on the network at 1012network.com, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. And we are partners with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network period. It is fantastic. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for (laughs) the long winter is over week one of the big 12 2023 greatest season of all time. College football season is finally here and joining me as they will every Monday until the end of March madness. Andy Mitz. Oh, oh, is this the part where I'm supposed to talk now? No, (laughs) no, it's great to be back. Um, Man, you know what? Uh, this is going to be, not only is it going to be the most fun Big 12 football season that we'll see in a really long time, uh, it's going to be the most chaotic as well. So, like, you know, even when we get the four new schools next year, I don't know that next year could be as chaotic as this year is about to be. I, we'll find out. Let's, one year at a time. We got one set of four newcomers to deal with before we address the other four new set of newcomers. Uh, and of You're course, we call up. her... No. <laughs> We call her, we'll talk about it more. We call her the vibe queen of the 1012 network. She is JSJ, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Oh, Philip, it's good to be back. You told us to um, have something to say early on. And so I decided to treat it like I was going to go on Conan O'Brien's podcast because um, if I had to choose any podcast to go on, it would be that one. And that includes over this one. Sorry, I like you guys, but that's my favorite. So um, it would be mm, the little introduction, Diddy. The da, 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 da. Hi, my name is Jamie Steyer Johnson. Da, 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 and I feel in my comfort zone about being an Iowa State fan. And then we would go into the rest of it. Oh, I have missed you two chuckleheads so damn much. Uh, earmuffs, kids. This is I is this the longest off season to all of to you guys? Is it it's felt that way to me. And I don't know if it's just the fact of like we've had to move partners for the network. We've been working to onboard a bunch of new shows. Uh we've got a new sponsor we're gonna talk about here on the show today. All of the realignment nonsense that has been absolutely exhausting, and yes, we're going to have to address a little bit of it today on the show, even though I don't want to freaking talk about it anymore. <sighs> like it has been the longest college football off season of my lifetime. It feels like, and and to finally be here, just days away, the the Big Twelve season kicks off on Thursday. UCF welcomes Kent State to the bounce house. We don't have to wait till Saturday for Big Twelve football to be back. 
I'm just, I'm so glad that we're here. I'm so glad that it's finally time. I'm so glad, like, I know soccer's been going on, volleyball's underway, and those are, those are awesome and incredible. Uh, lots more sports will be continuing with the Big 12. The whole Big 12 year is going to be fantastic. But I'm just, like, college football's back. Like, we, week zero was a nice little um, moosh-boosh. Now we actually have the freaking, like, just skip the appetizers. I don't eat the salad course. I'm sure the soup's delicious. Bring me the freaking main course. Bring me the, bring the meal. Even if week one isn't the best slate of games in the Big 12, even if it's just kind of like, it's fine. Like, it's it's one of those things where you're like, you're so hungry, you don't care if the food is mediocre. You're just going to enjoy it because it's food and you've been starving and everything's an apple would be the greatest thing you've ever put into your mouth. A red delicious, the worst of apples would be the best apple you've ever. Yeah. The face Jamie Sarah Johnson's making is an accurate description of Philip. Are you you hungry? No. Did you eat dinner? (laughs) No, I, we grilled hot dogs and brats and the girls had s'mores for the first time. So the first time, what? Now, wait a minute. Why did we leave the episode three with and that? One. I don't this care. Might actually, Why are we, we actually doing Conan's podcast? Because that's so. what he does over the summer, too. <laughs> they're they're four, three, and one. This is the first Look. time they got to roast marshmallows. We got one of those little, um, like, campfire stove, mini little things that the two guys out of Maryland made during COVID because they lost their jobs. And so they started selling them. And my wife bought some. And we're like, yeah, let's do this. And we roasted some marshmallows. And uh, the girls took, like, one bite. The, the girls had more mess on their face and hands than they actually consumed of s'mores. And then they just wanted to like eat marshmallows, which is a very child thing. Like that's awesome. That's fine. Whereas the one year old is just like, she's like throwing her face at the s'mores to try and consume as much of it as, as humanly it's like, possible. It's like one year olds with birthday cake. Like you get them their own little birthday cake so they can just dive in head first. So but right. no, Philip kind of what you were talking about though. Like, I think the reason this one, this summer felt so long is because this summer was all about anticipation. If you think about last year, right? The the news about USC and UCLA came out fairly early in the summer. And then we were dealing with the fallout, but things actually happening, trying to figure out what was next. You know, there was, yes, there was a bunch of realignment conversations, but the big move had already happened. So we could talk about what happened there and kind of look forward to what's happening the next season. This year, it was all about What's going to happen with the Pac-12? Are they going to fall apart? Are we going to, you know, have to look into all of this stuff? There was so much buildup. And then, you know, the the buildup of the anticipation of when the new teams come in, the anticipation, you know, is our Texas and Oklahoma going to be able to get out a year early? Like, there were so many things and so many questions that were waiting to be answered that took a really long time. And so it always felt like we were waiting for something to happen, as opposed to last year where stuff happened nice and early, and then we were trying to figure out what it meant. And so I think that's a big part of it. But but to to jump into your food analogy, right? Week zero is like the is like the uh, Taco Bell or, or McDonald's you get on the way to the party, so that you don't you know eat way too much while you're there. And then this week coming up is those hors d'oeuvres you get when you walk in. You know those those appetizers to get you ready for what's going to be a phenomenal week two in all of the Big Twelve action, where there's a ton of really good games in week two. Um, so we are ramping up, but it's going to be absolutely phenomenal to have football back it'll be fun it's i don't know it's it's a lot like that's it's a lot of teams to try to pay attention to oh yeah look yeah i'm i won't (laughs) i'll you know that's not news you know at least not for for you guys that's a lot basketball oh yeah Yeah, oh there's there's a lot of other things you know there's there's a lot of volleyball to watch there's a lot of basketball to watch but you know, I can ease myself into it with football, but, uh, it's, uh, I, 
will say I'm happy to finally uh, not have to listen. Well, no, shoot. I'm just realizing that uh, I was going to say I'm glad I won't have to deal with all of the uncertainty with uh, gambling probes. But now I just get to listen to it on every broadcast for the rest of the season. So I rescind that. Yeah, yeah. No, what what really hit me, Philip, about how different this year was going to be was when I was going through all of my previews, right, for for all the teams coming up over on the Rock Chalk podcast. And I, I don't get to talk to Melissa Trebowasser this year because Kansas doesn't play TCU. It's like it's going to be really weird not playing the round robin. It's going to be really weird having teams in the Big 12 that you're not watching because your team had either played them already or is going to play them you're watching because it's, you know, other teams in the conference. And so um, it's going to change the way that I watch some of the teams because I'm not watching them to figure out how they match up against Kansas. I'm not watching them to, you know, figure out how it affects the Jayhawks directly. I'm watching them because I enjoy watching Big 12 football, and it's going to be a phenomenal year. I'm going to love watching every single bit of Big 12 football that we can get. But it's definitely going to feel different. No, it's it's absolutely going to feel different. It's, it's already, like, covering 10 teams – was one thing covering 14 is ridiculous covering 16 is going to be insane unless as i keep saying like we're still trying to get used to the four newcomers and then we're going to have four new newcomers even though colorado's coming back like it's not like we like it's it's not the same colorado it's been a minute since they were in the conference so i mean just acclimating to the eight new programs who are going to be in the the conference in 24 is is a full-time job on its own all right, we got to do a little bit of realignment talk. I really didn't want to. I was tired of doing it. I've avoided it at all costs ever since we knew who was coming and when was dealt with. I know some shows still talk realignment ad nauseum. That's great if that's what you want. There are outlets for that. I don't want to be that outlet, especially now that the season's here. But we have to do this because people keep saying stupid things that we have to address. So obviously, uh, let's put the kibosh on Calford to the Big 12 rumors. Yes, Calford is Cal and Stanford. That's the uh, romantic nickname that's been given to those two schools. Uh, there was an article from the San Francisco Chronicle that said that Stanford and Cal were potentially in talks with the Big 12. As we know, they've been in talks with the ACC along with SMU to try and get into that conference. There's can't get all the votes because of some financial stuff. They're figuring all that out. I don't care. I don't want to deal with it because it's not Big 12 related. It's not. And Oregon State and Washington State will either end up in the Mountain West or the AAC. I hate that for them, but here we go. Uh, the whole thing felt weird that the San Francisco Chronicle is breaking the story about Stanford and Cal talking to the Big 12. Remember, folks, information comes out because somebody wants it to come out, and where it comes out is a good way of determining who it is that wants that information out. Uh, On Sunday, Brett McMurphy of Action Network tweeted out, quote, despite various reports to the contrary, Big 12 has not had conversations with any of the PAC-4 schools and has no intention in engaging with those schools, multiple Big 12 sources told Action Network. Dennis Dodd, who we all know has has plenty of Big 12 sources that relay him information, uh, quote tweeted the McMurphy tweet. I'm still calling them tweets. I'm not calling them zeets. I'm not going to do it. Uh, With the message, quote, multiple sources shot this down to me yesterday. It's not happening. The Big 12's not interested. They're set at 16. They're happy. We're on to other things. If there's going to be further expansion, it's going to be out east, and it ain't going to be happening anytime soon. So we're done talking realignment. I don't even need you guys' thoughts. We don't need to. We have Big 12 football to talk about. And I, I was just if literally going to say, Philip. my only thought about it is that it was being thrown out to try to force other people to do things. That's literally the only reason that anyone was talking about it. It's, and it's, it's – Yeah. 
Calford trying to help push along the ACC by making them aware that the Big 12 cares, but anybody with any no at the ACC is going to reach out to people in the know at the Big 12 and be like, no, they're not. This this ends our conference realignment talk until I have to talk about it again. I need a jingle there that just sounds like da 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 uh, okay, I let's can make in. you one just like what I did at the beginning of the show if you want. <gasps> Jamie, we're going to talk about some so you and some some jingles and some sound effects because I have some <laughs> thoughts on things to really a- up the ante on this show. You're really upping the production value. <laughs> Something that we we're, take very seriously here at the 1012 Network. Apparently. <laughs> uh, we almost got through that sentence. We almost got through it. That's okay. All right, let's talk about the season. It's time. Let's talk about football. The preseason is over. The season is here. We've got some, let's just call it some season superlatives, some predictions, some theories, some wild stuff. Uh, let's start with this. Obviously, Texas, the preseason pick in the Big 12. Anyone nationally, everyone nationally has pretty much put Texas down. I picked Texas number one in the preseason poll when we put our ballot in. I understand why many don't want to pick Texas. I I get it. I'm not going to argue with you. I understand everything that's happened at Texas over the last decade plus since they last were really, truly relevant in the Big 12 title game uh, or title race. Um, This Texas team, if you take the Texas off of it, does look like something legit. We shall see. Is there a lot of the we just we'll see. Okay. But let's te- set Texas aside because everyone's spoken ad nauseum about why Texas should be the preseason favorite, why they are the preseason favorite, even when we had our, our fan cast Wait. last week. Can we talk one thing about Texas, please? Yeah, you, Jamie, you can talk one thing about whatever you want. Can we, can we talk about the commissioner telling Texas Tech to take care of business against Texas? Because if, if after, I don't know when it's going to happen... But he's going to throw horns down at some point, and I'm going to cry. I'm going to laugh so hard, given that doesn't mean much. But it will be extremely funny. Like, it will be more than I usually laugh, cry while laughing. To be honest, it will be high funniest, on the scale. I would say, I think the funniest part about that was that Texas fans immediately took to Twitter to talk about how the officiating is going to be so biased against them this year because the commissioner – told Texas Tech to take care, you know, the team staying in the conference to take care of business against the team that's leaving. Yeah. I mean, because comments like that for the commissioner really affect the way that Big 12 officiating, like Big 12 officiating has its own problems, uh, way too many problems to be worrying about what the commissioner says about a game in the middle of the season. Like it's, it's, it's hard enough to find like a game that is officiated decently you're not gonna then also find people who are like, yeah, I'm cool with affecting the way I officiate because of some realignment stuff. Or like, I have enough going on in my brain to not just like try to officiate a game, but to be biased against someone. Please. Honestly, I would be more worried as Texas Tech fans that they would try to affect the game and mess it up so bad. No, no, no. And, and they would mess it up so bad that Texas would win because of officiating. So. The fix is in, folks. Look, let's just let's just be honest here. Like, was it unprofessional for him to say that? Yes. Technically. Do yes. do I do I care? Um, no, I don't. No, I do not. Not at all. 
I'd rather have someone who's cool with being like a little bit on the side of unprofessional once in a while, but is also real and also knows how to do his job in a not garbage manner than, you know, the alternative where your freaking conference ends up imploding. Please. I just, well, and and let's, and let's be honest, your mark has shown the, you know, the, I'm trying to think of the best way, but you know, knowing what the biggest storylines are, how best to market the conference, like talking about this. He understands it's entertainment. And talking about this, like, you know what? So many people or everybody knows, you know, like wrestling is fake, right? Like the storylines and everything, but everybody still enjoys it. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things just because there is somebody who is in charge of the conference as a whole who is rooting for one thing to happen doesn't mean that people aren't still going to enjoy watching it. Now I'm just imagining Brent Yormark as Vince McMahon, so. It is Texas fans to some extent, like, just setting up the, like, that that call was, I mean, they're already bringing up stuff from last year, which isn't terribly shocking, Uh, but that's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, The question I had for you all was, let's say Texas doesn't win the Big 12 this year. Who is it? Who does? Andy? Oh gosh, really? You're going to make me pick someone? Actually pick someone? Look, I, mean, I can I, talk that about... That was the question that I sent no, you in I know, text form. But I can talk about four or five different teams that theoretically could. No, like, no. I think the... No, no, no. no okay, hold no, on. No, that's no fun. Listen, listen. Let me say my, my spiel, okay? I can think of four or five teams that could all make the Big 12 Conference championship game, okay? And I could also envision multiple scenarios where Texas is not in the game at all or even close to the game because of, you know, what, you know, how, how much they've shown the ability to fall apart for random things. I don't think it's going to be Oklahoma this year. Like, honestly, this is a year where I think that we're going to have two more brand new teams in the big 12 championship game. Um, and so I wouldn't be shocked to see like a Texas tech, Kansas or Texas tech UCF or something like that. And so if I'm going for somebody who is the most likely, you know, everybody was talking originally about how how they were dark horses, but Texas Tech, I think, has a lot of really good stuff. And you saw what they were able to do and how big of a leap they took at the end of last year. It's all going to come down to the health of, you know, Tyler Shuck. But if he can stay on the field, they have a really good chance of making it all the way and upsetting some people on their way to a Big 12 championship. I also didn't want to be a complete homer and say Kansas, so. Jamie? He didn't send that one in a text to me. <clears throat> yes, he did. Uh, here we go. This is, this is, will we have a rundown of some sort for tomorrow so I can sound moderately competent? My response, here we go. Number one, if it's not Texas, who wins the Big 12? Okay, no, wait, look at this. It, that, that did not get sent to me. The only texts I got were, oh, no. we will do a little realignment talk. We will pick our week one game at the end and when I intro you. Okay, this Uh-oh. one was sent yesterday after you texted me. So yes. I, I'm just, I, I sent it. Okay. All so right, that, so now we're blaming see, the phone is, company. This is the, this is the sole reason. Oh, yeah, see, I didn't get any of that. Uh, that's the sole reason why I don't have a good answer and not <laughs> for any other reason. Not that you I want don't the record pay to show. To football, right? <laughs> I want the record to show 
that it was solely because of the issue in in cell reception. So, um, vibes only, Jamie. Vibes only. Vibes only. Um, look, I mean, okay. If you if if I were to pick a a, a weird dark horse, the best one would be wait, wait. like we need, a, we're not talking about dark horses though we're talking about like who's like your no, second but that's what i'm pick. talking about okay. now okay <laughs> we're just jumping that's ahead what you're to getting. another question okay that's what you're okay. getting that wasn't the question but that's what my answer is you're just answering uh, one of the later questions but that's fine sure i wouldn't know that either because again <laughs> there, i didn't get the entire text so there, there's uh, no there's no question about dark horse Continue, so Jamie. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say what if UCF is in a better position to compete in the Big 12 than a lot of people are giving them credit for? Again, I'm also simply posing rhetorical questions here. If you were to pick someone to significantly overperform, I think the team who would be the best poised of the new four would be someone because right now you have them you know, in the bottom half of the conference, pretty much across the board, or at least very, very close to the middle. But if they could be a little bit better prepared than people are giving them credit for, then you you have a lot of room there to move move it on up. So I think there's someone to watch. I don't I don't hate the idea that that UCF we you know if if you are subscribed to our Patreon, which I hope that you all would, at 1012 Network, you can pick which show on there available that you want to support for $5 a month. We're putting content on there. And, and I did an interview with uh, Chase A. Kitty at MGM. We did the win totals. And we had a conversation about UCF, and they could be a chaos agent with the way that schedule stacks up. Do, am I going to pick them to make it to Arlington? No. Could they have a surprisingly good year in year one of the Big 12? They could. That worse, like they they're gonna, absolutely they're gonna could jump up into the top half. Pretty. They're easily. gonna beat like they're gonna beat a team or two in the Big Twelve that they're not supposed to, or that is ranked. Like they're just they're gonna do it. Like they have, it's gonna happen. Like they're gonna be one of those chaos agents that pulls something like that. Okay, so um, my answer is Kansas State. I picked them second. I'm still gonna stick with Kansas State. I think it's the easiest answer for me. Uh, number two, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech are all picked. To finish in top four in the preseason poll, they're all picked to finish first through fourth. Here's the stat for you: three of the last four years, the one year where it didn't happen is COVID, and as we all know, COVID is weird as can be. A team picked to finish in the top four did not finish in the top half of the conference standings. In 2022, Baylor was picked first; they finished sixth. 21, Texas was picked third; they finished seventh. 2019, TCU was picked fourth; they finished eighth. This is a common practice here in the Big 12 because it is such an absolute freaking chaos conference. That's why one of the teams participating in the conference championship game every year is a team that was typically picked 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. So, after saying all of that, out of Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, which one do you think is most likely to finish in the bottom half of the conference this year? Andy, I'll get Jamie some time to think. Okay, Okay, fine. Okay. No, of those four... Honestly, I think um, Oklahoma is the one that makes the most sense. And it's not just because – well, I mean, it's – you look at what happened last year, right? First time they finished under 500 in a really long time. 
including the bowl game. Um, like this is a team I think that was like, they have a coach who is known for defense, but they had a, you know, a roster that was extremely light on defense. The offense had a lot of trouble last year. Um, I'm just not convinced that they can take the leap. I'm not convinced that Dylan Gabriel is the quarterback that can get the Oklahoma offense playing like the Oklahoma offense. We all know. Um, I think there's just way too many holes. There's just way too many things like Oklahoma this year is relying on the fact that they have a whole bunch of five-star recruits on the roster still not as much as they usually do, but like they have to out talent you. I think at this point, because I don't think that their system is as established or as effective as it typically is. They're still trying to figure out exactly what kind of team they want to be under Brent Venables. So if I'm going to pick someone to fall off the face, you know, of the, of the earth in terms of competing for the big 12 championship or being in that top half, Oklahoma is, I think, the safe bet um, for that of those four. Jamie? So, I, I, for one thing, I think a lot of that generally, I think a lot of underperforming can often come back to, like, an injury or m- perhaps a misjudgment of of someone that we haven't really seen a whole lot of before so when you're looking at teams that have either players who have had significant injuries or teams that maybe have some holes there kind of like Andy was talking about um where having a person or two either not pan out as well as they would hope or get hurt can make a more significant difference. Um, That generally is enough to drop them from, you know, that high up top four down to the bottom half of the league. So all of that to say that I had logic and I'm not just hopping on the same thing Andy said, but I am like, I do think that Oklahoma has, some some deficiencies that could be exploited uh a little bit more easily than you know you've got a texas where you've got a bunch of returning starters you've got i mean you always have so many really talented players can you choke a little bit and and maybe not end up at the top of the league maybe not even end up at the championship game oh yeah i mean absolutely are you probably going to fall all the way to the bottom half of a now 14 team league? I I mean, I would, I would hope not for their sake. That would be a tough pill to swallow. Um, and then kind of a similar deal with, with K state. I think that they're fairly balanced. I mean, you, you, you ended up losing obviously important players. You've got deuce ball and, you know, you've got some defense that you lose there, but, I don't know. I just, I don't see anyone else where you have that particular issue. And that's always what I look at and think is the easiest way to drop in a big way. I mean, it's fair. I'm obviously I'm not gonna pick Texas or Kansas state. I think Oklahoma is a good pick here. I would probably go with Texas tech and, and here's the deal. I just think, that the hype is ahead of schedule on Texas tech and everybody wants to pick them and everyone wants to be in love with them. And I I'm all for Joey McGuire. And I think what he's building makes a ton of sense and is going to work, but I've said all along, it's going to be year three. 
I think we're still a year away. I think the hype train is ahead of where progress actually is on the tracks of this train that's now running away full steam ahead. And so it's a team with a quarterback in Tyler Shuck who, if he can stay healthy, yeah, they could have a really good season. We haven't seen him play a whole season healthy. I There are enough questions on this roster to make me say, like, I think people are just too high on tech. I don't love them the way I loved Kansas State as a dark horse. So, like, I, would it shock me if Texas Tech kind of lived up to some of the expectations and had a really good year? No, I'm just, I'm just of those four. I, I think based also on the schedule they have to play is way more difficult than Oklahoma's. Like that's that makes me a little bit scared. So I, I do uh, so think number- though part of that, Philip, is that if you look at who Oklahoma has as a backup quarterback compared to like like yes Texas Tech, you look at their backups. I don't know that I necessarily feel, you know, overwhelmingly positive on like Baron Morton for Texas Tech or, you know, whoever else, you know, any of the other teams give, but they've at least shown the ability to not completely fall apart when their first string quarterback gets injured or first string quarterback is not available. So if we're looking for like, I think by, by and large, all four of those teams, I would expect all four of them to finish in the top half of the conference. So if I'm going to pick someone, it's something went wrong for some reason, they're severely underperforming, and I just think that Oklahoma has the lowest floor of all four of them. Not necessarily that they're going to finish lowest of those four in the conference, but that, you know, if it's going to go horribly wrong for somebody, Oklahoma has more things that will allow it to go horribly wrong than a team like Texas Tech that maybe doesn't have a ton of standouts across the roster, but they've shown that they can play, you know, a decent game regardless of who's quarterback and like they've shown that they can adapt enough to be able to I think at least stay middle of the pack whereas I'm just not sure Oklahoma can if Dylan Gabriel goes down or something else goes against them I'm just not confident that Oklahoma is gonna um, you know immediately bounce back and roll with the punches and that's fair and that's fair I want one way you can roll with the punches this year is with the newest sponsor here on the 10-12 podcast and the 10-12 network that is our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. They've got over 30 schools to choose from, including most of the Big 12 now. Look, here's the deal. Um, There is a certain apparel company that we've uh, been partners with for a very, very long time here at the network. I'm not going to... It's ignore that, um, but we had an opportunity to to partner with a company based in Big 12 country who is has decided to go in a direction where they are going to be very invested in Big 12 country, um, potentially even work with the Big 12, and that opportunity was something that a Big 12 podcast network could not turn away from. And so, well, J- JSJ's got something... Oh, they well, they did the um, shirts that were at the Big 12 tournament for the um, anniversary of Title IX that I have one sitting in my closet, and they turned out amazing. They're they're super super cool. I'll make sure I post a pic if I have it. But I mean, I am excited to hear of like more cool stuff coming from them. Obviously, I I've followed along for ages, but. I mean, working that closely with the Big 12 is awesome. Like, the shirt I have is amazing. 10 out of 10. 
their Iowa State collection is. Uh, I, believe I have the, the kids, Ames jacket coming on the mail. The the Ames uh, Arch Varsity jacket is incredible. I, I believe the kids call it Straight Fire. Is that still a thing, or am I so old now that that's now outdated? But they've got Baylor, BYU, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, the Kansas State. Like they just put, they just got shirts for a shirt for Will Howard and a shirt for Jalen Daniels, and they are both incredible. And I must that figure is- out how to get both. Yes, that is an absolutely fantastic shirt. I am looking forward to getting like seven of them. And, and, and this isn't a preference in quarterback; it's just the Jalen Daniels one is really stinking good. They have they it's have so a really good. great Iowa State basketball tee um, that's got like a basketball with like a little tornado under it, and I bought it like year and a half or so ago, and then I had it sitting, and then my rabbit chewed through it, and I haven't replaced it yet. So now I'll. I'll make sure I replace it. There's a Texas Tech double wing tee mascot t-shirt that is a logo I've never seen from Texas Tech before, and it's fantastic. So we are thrilled to be partnering with Charlie Hustle. You can go to charliehustle.com and start shopping now. Get yourself loaded up before the season starts. Well, the season starts. It's not going to be in your closet before the season starts, but just just go and check it out. Like I, I, I love what they have. I love the designs they put out for the Big 12 schools. Oklahoma State is there. TCU, Texas, UCF, Texas Tech. Here's the thing about UCF gear. <clears throat> There's never enough Citronaut stuff out there. And the Citronaut shirt that they have is fantastic. I freaking love it. I must have it for my overly stuffed t-shirt. My, t- my wife just get, looks at Every time I open it and try and shove it back close, she just gives me a dirty look. She's like, you need to clean that out. And I'm like, I just cleaned out my closet, so now I, I have more space. I gotta clean out, like, I just need to get rid of, like, the sock and underwear drawer so I can have more t-shirts. You can move those in the closet. That's not weird. It's fine. This got weird. All right, let's wrap this up with go to charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage, made, fresh. I'm I'm thrilled for this one. I, you guys don't even, I'm not kidding. I'm so excited. Like, it's a company that wants to be invested in the Big 12, is going to working with the Big 12 already, is going to continue to work with the Big 12. It's like, we got to make sure we have all the Big 12 teams. Like, this is our, this is our, our these are our fans. This is the place we want to be. These are the people we love. Like, I was just like, yes, absolutely. That, that just, how, how could we not love something? And this stuff is so good. Good, it's so good. All right. Uh, okay, speaking of good. Big That's 12 really sleepers. Good transition. Thank you. Big 12 sleepers. Texas Tech is the most popular dark horse in the Big 12. Texas is the favorite. Kansas State is the defending Big 12 title champs. UCF is the the four incoming are all getting talked about. UCF's the one everybody likes to have a good year. Kansas is getting a lot of buzz because of Jalen Daniels. Plenty of teams that aren't really getting talked about. And so I want your Big 12 sleeper. And by sleeper, what I mean is team that doesn't necessarily have to make it to Arlington. To me, that's a dark horse. Dark horse is a team that could get to the championship game that we don't foresee coming. Sleeper to me is team that has a much better year than expected record-wise. And it's just getting, it's just people are just quiet on. Don't say a word. They're just over in the back corner, sound asleep, like my kids in the other room. So. Just pretend my whole ramble earlier, just replace every time I said dark horse with sleeper. And then also in your mind, rewrite it so that I didn't stumble over my words a lot. These two have both, both of you have been podcasting for the past couple months on your own shows. Me, look, I still talked a lot. Let's not, (laughs) 
let's not get it twisted. But on the best of days, it might not always be easy to understand me. I'm not going to bring Christian in to testify to that. <laughs> but look, we already know. So just in your mind, I gave that speech again. I said sleeper. And it was 30% easier to understand. And I'm only going to give it, just pretend it was 10% more educated. That was way too much math for for me to, to be able to. Your brain does it. I Philip said was going to go back and like it. edit it and insert it in here. But then you threw in all the math and it's. I know he wasn't really going to, but I was just. It's a subconscious instruction. You don't have to consciously okay. do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I do, Philip, though, like how you got uh, past my comment previously by trying to make a distinction between Dark Horse and Sleeper. Um, there absolutely was. I mean, I, I wrote or I read that question as Dark Horse so or Sleeper. They're not as the in, same. I, I learned the hard way. Because no. I did it, and I, when I met one, it said, there's a difference. Okay, and I understand that when you explain it that way, but most people use those terms interchangeably. And so, um, when I was thinking about this question, I was I was thinking about a team that a lot of people are not high on that could potentially make it to Arlington. And look, I know everyone's going to call me a homer, but Kansas is the, is the team that I'm thinking. And the reason for that, right, is because the way that offense is set up, I've heard so many national, you know, talking heads talk about how if Kansas can take their defense from it's like the hundred and first or whatever that it was last year, like mid nineties up to even like in the, you know, 50 to 60 range that they could contend for the big 12 title this year because the offense is that good. And yes, I don't, I I think the fact that people have talked about that as a, as a possibility, but nobody thinks it's actually going to happen. I think is what makes them a sleeper. You know, there's a lot of people. I think the, the, the assumption around the Big 12 and around the national media is that Kansas is off or Kansas defense is just awful and that they lost all their defensive linemen and that was the problem last year. And so all the new people that they have aren't really going to make that much of a difference. I can tell you right now that this team is already a lot different. They have a lot more speed overall as a team. They have a, you know, they brought in guys that can do the things, you know, and, and obviously it's practice, but at their prior stops, they were doing the types of things that people were saying Kansas was not able to do last year. And so, yes, it's going to take some time for it to come together. But I, I, I can easily imagine we get to the end of the season and Kansas is in that fifty, you know, that fifty to sixty defense range. And and so, you know, if you have a guy like Jalen Daniels playing at the Heisman level that a lot of people think he can play at, I think that there's a really good possibility that they could win eight, nine games and be in the thick of the race for it. And you know. There was an article that came out not too long ago that Kansas was like the second most bet on team for the under on their Vegas win total. So it's like, yeah, their Vegas win total got set at six and a half, right? Early in, in the summer. But there are so many people that do not believe that they have that in them, that they, there's been a bunch of money, a bunch of betters that have gone against Kansas and think that they're going to lose and not go to a bowl game. And so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of other teams I think that could be much better but I think if we're talking about average expectation to highest ceiling, I think that Kansas is one of those teams that probably is, is the best in that particular measurement. I'll allow it. Judges ruling? Yeah, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Um, my pick's Baylor. Because if you want to talk about teams nobody's talking about at all, it's Baylor. No one's saying a word 
There's not much coming out of Waco. It's understandable. One big deal title two years ago last year. Disappointing season. I believe in Dave Aranda. I believe in Dave Aranda when he makes bold choices to make big decisions and changes after learning lessons that Baylor and Dave Aranda will have a bounce back. Do I see them winning the Big 12 title? No. But if we've turned around here in November and Baylor was still in contention to get to Arlington, it wouldn't shock me. And it's not a dark horse talk. It's just nobody's talking about Baylor. And Baylor has eight home games this year. Let me repeat that slowly for you. Baylor plays eight home games this season. I don't know how that's possible. And yet, they've pulled it off. It's incredible. It's a tough schedule as far as who they play. They've got Utah in the non-conference at home. Oh, by the way, they're going to get Utah in week two. Pretty good chance Cam Rising's not back for that game. Oh, and the second stringer is out for the season, so Utah may be coming in with the third string quarterback starting or forcing a Cam Rising in to start who's not really ready to start yet. I What's wrong with a third string quarterback starting? Worked out just fine. This is Niners. not Kansas State pulling in a seventh string <laughs> former walk-on wide receiver who's going to light you up for a half. Okay? That's not, not how this works. I mean, Baylor's only road games this year are UCF. They don't go on the road until September 30th. They go to Orlando. They go to Cincinnati. They go to Manhattan. And they go to Fort Worth. Those are the four road games this year. Utterly ridiculous. I don't think so. So Baylor's my sleeper. I just, I, I, I think they really could be sitting here in November uh, in contention, but at least making some buzz, ranked, and having a really nice bounce back season. All right, last one before we preview the upcoming weekend. Over under one and a half coach openings in the Big 12 at the end of this season. Andy. You picked the right line for that. I did, didn't I? Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least one. (laughs) Typically, there is at least one. Well, and I think we all know who the most likely one is. Oh, do we? In Neil Brown. Unless West Virginia just absolutely kills it this year. Well, so let's make your pick, and then we're going to talk about that. No, that's fine. I'm going to go with the over because I think that there's going to be at least, or I think I think there's going to be two or three. Explain your reasoning. You say two or three. Like the, I mean, everyone's immediate reaction is like, "Who's going to get fired?" I don't know. Three coaches in the Big Twelve are going to get fired. It's not always about getting fired. Coach opening does not imply fired. It just means that a job comes open, be it because someone is fired or someone takes another job somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, if, if Baylor has the bounce back year that you, you know, are predicting for them, I think that there's a chance that an SEC team looking for a new coach might try to get Dave Aranda back into the SEC. Um, so that's one that's a possibility. BYU, I don't think that there's like, I think they would have to fall off very much for him to, you know, to be kicked out, Kalani Sataki. Um, but it's at least kind of being talked about because of how bad the defense has been the last few years and just, you know, how much they've actually struggled. I do think he'll probably get another year, but if I'm looking for a team that would fall apart and have, you know, him kicked out, then that's probably the one that I think is the most likely. I think everybody knows how much trouble Neil Brown is at West Virginia. Um, the real question is of course the buyout, like, do they feel like they can afford the buyout if he doesn't have the kind of year that he needs? And, if he loses to Penn State and loses to Pittsburgh quite handily, he may not even make it through the entire season. Like, 
I think it's in the realm now where they can at least entertain it if things aren't going as horribly as a lot of people think that they might. So, and then, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at a, uh, I'm looking at a team like, well, I mean, if, if Oklahoma has another bad year this year for what, you know, I mean, Venables could be out going into the SEC. They might say, Hey, we don't want Venables leading us into the SEC because he's had trouble with the big 12. Um, which I don't know if that would necessarily be fair, but I definitely see that it could be a possibility. And of course, the other one is Dana Holgerson over at Houston. Like, they've struggled recently. I don't know that it's going to get any better this year. He has to show something that is going to want them to keep him around in the Big 12. He's already had problems with one Big 12 team and keeping them where they needed to be, um, you know, relative to their expectations. I think there's a lot of expectations for Houston. I don't know that they're necessarily at the spot that they need to be to compete as soon as they think Dana Holgerson should be able to compete. So, I mean, I think that there's five teams where I could envision a change in head coaching. I think that maybe two of them, or I think that probably two of them happen, maybe three. I think Dana has at least a year in the Big 12, unless they just show up and go 0-12 this year. Like, I think Dana will have it. Yeah, right, right. Like, it's uh, going to take them. Someone for Tita is a little bit distracted with the Houston Rockets right now. I don't think his focus is entirely on That's the Houston That's fair, Steelers. but, like, I was, I mean, it's it's assuming that Dana's going to have, an, like, just an awful year. If they finish last in the Big 12 and win one game all year long, then Dana's gone. I don't see. Uh, I, I still I just, think maybe. Um the uh, Venables at OU is an interesting one because yeah, if he, if he has a bad year, I'm curious how long a leash he'll get. Well, and if you include the incoming schools, I would, I would put it at easily over. And I don't think there's a chance it goes under solely because there's coaches that have no interest in coaching in different conferences. And so if someone has an opportunity to jump to a spot that they like better, though, the really regional conferences no longer exist. Well, and there's also one of those teams that's coming in that has a not great football team at all right now that even if they weren't changing conferences could be on the hot seat. Fair enough. I I mean, between, between having four incoming schools like for this season, and then if you also added having more ones coming in next year realignment just creates a situation rife for either being let go in or encouraged to find employment elsewhere or you feel you would do better elsewhere i'm not going to include the four who will join in 2024 in this conversation which is fair like i was not including that in my thought process if Colorado's got a new head coach, it's because he left for another job. Arizona State just hired a new coach. Uh, Arizona's in year three of a rebuild, and Whittingham's only leaving when he decides to retire. Um, for the current 14 in this year, if it goes over to me, it's because someone left for another job. Um, the Venables thing is interesting. I want to talk about Neil Brown for a second. Brandon Phoenix... Uh, went on to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Brandon Phoenix, of course, one of the hosts of the Rats Builders Kids, out of Ten Twelve Network Synergy, and he had a he had a quote that I thought was very interesting, which was basically like he thinks Neil Brown's going to have to just completely bottom out to get fired. He's not the only person I've set, heard kind of talk about this. West Virginia, the university, is not in a good space right now. This is a university talking about having to shut down 
departments because of how the university is being handled and some finances. I don't care how separate athletics are from the university. It is a bad look if you're getting donors to donate millions of dollars to fire a head football coach when that money could be going to making sure departments continue to exist at university. Um, I actually think Neil Brown would have to have a god-awful season for them to fire him. I think if he is, if he's six and six, he's, I think he's safe. Like before it was like, if he's six and six, I don't think that's enough. At six and six to say five and seven might be safe. Like it might require four and eight, three and, and nine for him to be gone. And I, I look, I, I agree with the beginning of the schedule. It's Penn, it's at Penn state home for Duquesne Pitt, Texas tech and at TCU. Like one and four is, is a real possibility. Back after that schedule is a lot friendly, more friendly. I'm still not sure how I feel about Pitt. I think they're better than some people think. Well, I still don't know what to think about TCU yet. If if they find a way to come out of that two and three as opposed to one and four, five wins is very, very much a possibility given that schedule. I, I, I am not as sold on Neil Brown is going to get fired this year as I was. And I'm also definitely not sold on the Neil Brown will get fired if his team is bad early and West Virginia will be first to market. I think it's way more likely if they do fire him, they will wait to the end of the season to save as much money. It's not really saving money. They have to pay him every dollar. So whenever they fire him, they're going to pay him either way. But it looks a lot better to pay a guy to do his job and then fire him in December than to fire him in October and pay him to not do his job. So... I'm not as sold on Neil Brown is definitely gone at the end of the year unless it's just bad, bad. I will so say if he to... lost, if, if he were to lose at Houston and lose to Cincinnati, I think those two teams are going to be bad enough that losing those two games, one, means that he probably is going four and eight or three and nine at best. Um, but two would be, I think, a bad enough look that they just, because you talk about, you know, the whole optics of it. The problem with that as well, though, is that a lot of people donate money to the university because of football and, uh-huh. and Kansas has been in that situation, right? Where everybody, including donors are apathetic because it's very clear that the coach cannot handle the job. And it looks like the administration just doesn't care. And so like, I understand the, you know, talking about the optics of it, but it's also a whole lot more expensive to get a program back up and running after you let it go. You know, because you just don't make changes that need to be made. I, I don't disagree. I'm just, yeah. I think it's very different situation between Kansas is bad at football and the head coach isn't very good. And his team still has buy-in. They're not very good this year. Oh, by the way, basketball has to have a new head coach. Women's basketball just had a new head coach. Everything that's going on with Huggins, the stuff going on with the university as a whole, like there's a whole lot more stuff here at play than just, he's not very good. We should probably fire him. And, and why won't you? It's, I just, I think there's a lot more going on at West Virginia that, Fair. will influence whether or not he contains his job based off of the team's performance this year. Okay. Enough of that. Cause we had a very nice, uh, if you, again, if you like to sign up for the Tintoil network, Patreon chase had a, is the most optimistic I've heard anyone on West Virginia and his argument. I, I, I somewhat buy into, um, that interview is available on the Tintoil network, Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash ten twelve network T E in the number 12, the word network. It's $5 a month. Pick what show you want to support. They get the money. Doesn't just all. It's not just going to like the network. It goes to the show you want it to support. Um, we'll continue to post content there. Uh, we'll have the link in the show notes. Just an easy way to say, hey, we love what you guys and the shows do. 
here's our way of, of, uh, of providing a little support for that. All right. Let's talk about games this weekend. Wait, wait. Mm. Real quick. Mm. Real quick. Okay. Mm. I've got something else to say. Uh, you know how last year it was really cool because um, parity in women's basketball was very, very, very easily the best it's been in, at the very least, a long time uh, mm-hmm. and potentially ever. Wow. If you enjoyed that, have I got great news for you? Because potentially, it's, it's early. Can't say for certain. Could be looking at something like that for volleyball this year. Which, if you have not watched volleyball, oh my gosh, are you in for a treat? It is, look, it's extremely fun to watch. It is extremely easy to grasp the basics. The nuances of it are a lot, but completely unnecessary to understand to watch it and enjoy it. Okay? So, don't be intimidated by it. You've got ESPN+. Plus. You can watch Big 12 Volleyball. It is amazing. It is really, really impressive athletically. And the start to this season has been unreal. I mean, there's been so many incredible upsets. Let me contextualize it. Last year... Texas volleyball nearly swept the entire season. Iowa State took them down once, but uh, they just lost to Long Beach State on opening weekend, ranked number one. Like a resounding number one. There's, I mean, there's been literally like too many to count top 25 upsets already this weekend. Um, you've got a lot of really, really good teams in the Big 12. Um, Texas is still going to be very, very talented. Uh, but, I mean, it's – I just had to put that plug out there because it's it's a super fun, entertaining sport. Uh, it's really impressive. It is genuinely easy to follow uh, once you get just the, the absolute bare basics down. But it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy opening weekend – I was out of town, so I don't have a lot of details from getting to watch it, unfortunately, but I'm probably going to watch some of the replays of it because I just have to see how all of this happened. But you'll hear me talk about it more because I got back into volleyball in a big way last year as the season went on. And then this year I'm on the schedule for one of the Iowa state volleyball games on ESPN plus. And then beyond that, I've just been making a concerted effort to stay more tapped into it because I kind of forgotten how much fun it is um but i will be i will be preaching the gospel of volleyball and the big 12 is going to be an absolute blast it's it's seriously like i couldn't even believe some of the scores i was seeing come in for this weekend so if you like just really wild stuff happening which who doesn't great news and not only that but um you know we've got uh four big 12 teams that were in the First poll for volleyball. So Texas at yeah. one, Baylor at 15, BYU at 17, Houston at 19, and then mm-hmm. Kansas, UCF, TCU, and Iowa State all were getting votes in the poll as well. Yeah. So we have it's a lot crazy. of – Yeah. It's going to be, it's gonna be I think, as entertaining of a volleyball season that we've seen in a long time. And then, you know, the other football, women's soccer, 
Um, you know, they there's a lot of really good teams in Big 12 women's soccer as well. Um, some really good results for the Big 12 early. So, you know, I think this year, more than any other year, there's going to be multiple sports that are worth paying attention to. I know everybody's going to be paying more attention to football than everything else, but there are plenty of other sports that are well worth your attention if you're a Big 12 fan or a fan of any of the schools in the Big 12. It's going to be very competitive in league play. Uh, so far, through the first weekend, volleyball is 28-7, and seven, conferences as a whole. That's not bad, folks. Not bad at all. Um, man, BYU, from all the Olympic sports, is... Mm-hmm. A very fun addition in the Big 12. BYU is uh, really good. Then Houston Volleyball is is a very, very, very fun team. Yeah. Uh, Scott and Holman Podcast, our Houston show, they like to talk Houston uh, Cougar Volleyball a lot, and they do a good job covering it. And it's if you listen to the show, it's hard not to get excited about Houston Volleyball when you listen to talk about it. So uh, Jamie has just officially claimed that she would like a weekly Big 12 Volleyball update segment. So congratulations, Jamie. I have now put it on the uh, rundown skeleton, and we'll make sure that we reserve that for you moving forward. Are you gonna do a I text used to me? do a I used to do a weekly Olympic sport spotlight on the uh, radio show I co-hosted in college. Awesome. This is good. You guys are it, It'll be just like old times then. Exactly. This is good. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this weekend. Like I said, we kicked things off on Thursday with UCF versus Kent State. UCF is 36 and a half point favorite. Not uh, Look, the week one slates is college football. It's, it's fine. Uh, Kansas kicks things off on Friday for them, obviously not for the Big 12, uh, against Missouri State, FCS. Saturday, we have one... Two, three, four. Oh, it's just four FCS games because Sam Houston's FBS now. Uh, I forget about that. Saturday is Oklahoma State versus Central Arkansas. Uh, Oklahoma versus Arkansas State. Iowa State versus UNI. That's always fun, I'm, especially this year. It's interesting. Texas versus Rice. Cincinnati, Eastern Kentucky. Kansas State versus fun Southeast Missouri State. If, uh, close, maybe? Um Southeast Missouri State's ranked the preseason. Kansas State, if you listen to our Big 12 FCS uh, preview back in the summer, you always should. Baylor takes on Texas State. Um, and BYU versus Sam Houston. Okay. Those are all the games that will be played on, on Saturday. Now let's talk about the ones that are... Look, could something crazy happen in one of those games? Yes. Let's talk about the ones we can talk about. TCU hosting... Future Big 12 and former Big 12 member Colorado at 11 a.m. on Fox. Big noon kickoff. Obviously, it's less about how competitive the game could be. Certainly about the narratives, the stories, and just everyone wanting to get a look at what Deion Sanders coach Colorado looks like. That one should be fun to kick off Saturday morning. Uh, Houston hosting UTSA. 6 o'clock FS1. That one is spicy. That one is fun. UTSA. Currently a one-point favorite, according to the uh, odds books. I understand. Texas Tech is at Wyoming at 6.30 on CBS. That is a... uh, Look, I love P5 at G5 non-con games. They're always interesting. Are they always competitive? No. But Wyoming could be fun. It could be fun. 
And then, of course, the nightcap game, 6.30 p.m., NBC, West Virginia going on the road to number seven, Penn State. That Penn State's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. I Okay, I've got to ask. Like, I, look, I, I've said this, and I've said this, and I've said this, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm being mean, but, like, it's a fine week one slate. It's not great. There's some interesting games. There's not a game on there that obviously is like, no, no, no. Like Houston UTSA is the only one that you're like, okay, that could be a close and interesting game. Outside of that, none of them should be. Surely one or two will be into the fourth quarter. Well, no, I, I would say, I would say, well, I was going to say Northern Iowa, Iowa State is one that probably is going to be close because, and I talked about this with Levi Stevenson over yeah. on the Rock Talk podcast and Northern Iowa is one of like five FCS teams that routinely competes for national titles at the FCS level. So they are a very good team. They are, you know, much in line with like North Dakota State, other teams from the FCS that will routinely upset FBS teams. And Iowa State gets to play them basically every year. So, I I mean, that's one that I'm expecting to be fairly close based off of my conversation with Levi. So, um, yeah, that one's going to be fun. Sarcastically fun for Jamie's sake. The looks that Jamie was giving to Andy through his uh, montage there, or montage, but his his explanation. My monologue. There. Thank you. I mean, it wasn't almost almost at made him. me want to put this on YouTube. It's the it's the situation you have to understand. Which I never explained what I said at the top of the show when I gave myself my introduction, which is that I'm in my comfort zone being an Iowa State fan, which is that. Everyone uh, is is really focusing on uh, players that are no longer with the program for uh, whatever reason and talking about how they're basically going to just get dog walked. And, you know, that's I mean, it it's it could happen, you know, here and there. I don't think that they're probably going to go winless and I don't think they're probably going to win the conference. But there's there's a lot of room in there. So. The comfort zone for Iowa State is uh just kind of being just glossed right over it. And that's fine. That's fine by me. Expectations I mean, are not. Uh, that's that's part Catholic. of your comfort zone, right? Uh, Iowa State is an underdog. Iowa State when everyone doubts him, that Matt Campbell can Matt Campbell can work with that. He can work with that very very well. Um, I mean, I think I think for me, like obviously TCU Colorado is the game of the weekend because of the narratives and the stories in Colorado, and it's going to be a lot of realignment talk, and it's TCU coming off the national championship game, and Deion Sanders in year one, and all of that. Like, I really think Houston UTSA is is poised to be the like the most interesting game, the game that's actually like a close competitive game. What does Houston look like? You, Dana Holgerson, how hot is his seat? I mean, I, I don't know how you don't like UTSA. Like, what's not fun? What's not to love about the Roadrunners, and and what's going on there? Like, and then it's going to be a close. That game was close last year. So, like, I, I I think that's an interesting game at six o'clock. Maybe West Virginia can be competitive with Penn State. I would love to see that. I'm not going to put any money on it, but I would love to see it. Texas Tech at Wyoming is fun. Like, there's there's an opportunity here for some fun games. Week one as a whole in college football anymore. Like, nobody wants to schedule nobody. Everybody wants to wait till got to get my FCS warm-up game. So, before they play anything worth a dang in week two or three, week two slate is loaded. Week one is, I don't care. Like I said, you could just, you can put a bucket of something in front of me Whatever is left over in the fridge, I'm hungry. I'm just going to eat it. 
I don't even I don't even care. Okay, I can make a mean leftover meal. Just whatever's random. Well, I was always just like you just you just take random stuff out of the fridge and then you turn it into something. I'm like yes. That's the point of what. All I need is bread and eggs. Everything else will 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 fall in place. Everything else will fall in place. Agreed. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I just it's, lost my train of thought. No, well, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> I think it's hard to argue with that, right? Like, yes, Colorado TCU is the only Power Five on like, Power Five matchup. But like, I have UTSA ranked in my ballot for the pod poll, um, which you know, shout out. We have multiple podcasts that are in the Big Twelve. I'm sorry, in in the Tonto Podcast Network that are represented in that in that poll. Make sure you guys do check that out. But I have UTSA ranked in my poll. And they're going I can't on the believe road they to, didn't ask to, me. Jamie. Sorry, continue. I know you had an actual thought to get out. But it's fine. But no, I mean, so like, I do think that UTSA is, is, should be favored. I'm surprisingly favored by one, if I'm being honest. But I do think that that game is going to tell us a whole bunch um, about what to expect from those teams and what to expect from Houston, especially this year. So. That's the one that I'm probably the most interested in watching from a, I think it's going to tell me something angle. I can't wait to watch as many of these games as possible. And I will. I will have it on all day. I will be sitting in the couch. Unfortunately, my DVR will be completely full after Saturday and I'll have to watch a whole bunch of stuff on Sunday before NFL starts. It, It was one thing just trying to watch 10 teams in a week, 14. I really miss when like, it's 16, like, I don't have time. I don't have more time to spend on this. You know what I do? I will spend more time on this podcast and this network when y'all sign up for our Patreon. Okay? That's what I'll go. do. Just go to the Patreon and let me make this a full-time job so I can do nothing but talk Big 12 Plus, football for a living. Your kids are, you know, they're they're exiting infancy. I have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. They can eat s'mores now, so they basically are ready to raise themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the oh, that's the that's, that's the, the barometer. Line. Thank you. Now I understand. Okay, perfect. That is parenting advice one on one from Jamie Steyer Johnson. All vibes. I'm a great uh, parent. I, you heard me talk about my cat. <laughs> Does your cat eat s'mores? I mean, do you have a cat named S'mores? Oh, that'd be a great name. <laughs> no, the next pets we get are probably going to be named after Death Clock characters. So. No, now I, this I wish train I wish, like Texas Tex has gone. I'm gonna off have the a tracks. rabbit named Murderface. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I you know the NFL has those condensed games that you can get on the on the NFL Network stuff, and like I really wish the Big Twelve did something like that where they had like condensed games or game replays available on like YouTube or something where those of us that can't watch seven channels at once could go back and actually watch all these games and. You know, like, I think that's been the most difficult thing for me is finding them in a format that I can actually watch them. Because if they're not on ESPN+, Plus, you usually can't go back and rewatch. I feel like I should be able to find your Mark's email. You know, I know enough people. I, I got, we got to run that up the flagpole. Get that's on it, Jamie. Great go. point. That's, that is unironic. I, ma- I make fun of a lot of things, and I say a lot of things in this tone of voice that are not genuine. That's a really good idea. I'm, I'm known to have one every once in a while. I also didn't mean to sound that surprised. I I was surprised. That just, it never would have occurred to me. I was just so blown away by the concept. I love it. I want that so bad. 
This has been the 1012 podcast because I don't, and I don't know where else to go from here. Uh, I'm ready for games to talk about, even though this has been immense and total fun. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, do us a favor, wherever you are listening, leave us five stars and a rating. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, like the video and subscribe. I'm not kidding about the Patreon. Help every show out. Like this really is a thing of like, look, I love doing this and we all love doing this. We just want to have more time to do it and be able to do more and provide you with more content. And there's going to be 16 teams in this conference. So um, shop Charlie Hustle, sign up for the Patreon, uh, like, subscribe to the video, follow us on Twitter at 1012ZetersX, whatever. I'm, you know what? We'll do socials next time because there's like four platforms I'm supposed to be plugging now and I can't, I can't do it. We're all on X, Twitter. We're all there. It will always be Twitter. I will it never, is Twitter. I will never call it anything from else. Twitter. It's still Twitter.com. It's still Twitter.com. At Animates12, at J, uh, J, A, J, S, T, E, Y, Z. Six mm. letters. Uh, 1012 Network, T, E, N, the number 12, the word network. Y'all enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back on Thursday with our first picks pod of the season. Excited for the new format on that. Cannot wait to be back with our friends, Chris and Daniel. We will talk to you again then. Podcast Network.